Well, good morning again. Uh, this morning we're going to be jumping into uh, another week of, of the blacklist. And to intro our topic, I want to do something uh, a little different. It's something that's a, a little throwback. And so I'm going to need uh, some participation to, uh, to do something. We want to play a, uh, a game that maybe you played in Sunday school or daycare or just growing up. It's a game called Telephone. Maybe you know the game of Telephone. Maybe you don't. Before we get started here, I want to, uh, I want to tell you the, the rules. There they are right there. Good old-fashioned telephone game, all right? But here's, here's how the telephone game works. The telephone game is that one person has a statement or is given a statement. You'll see this coming up, hopefully. Maybe, maybe not. All right, someone's given a statement, and they, they say that to the next person. And the next person says that to the next person. All right, so we, you find a group of people. We've got a group of people. Here you are right here. There you are as cartoons. Some of you kind of look like you're falling asleep, but maybe it's just the artist's rendition, all right? So we've got a group of people. Next thing we need to do, we find one person. They whisper a phrase in the ear of person number two. One time only, right? All right, so, so person number one whispers the phrase in the ear of person number two. Just like that, in case you're having trouble following some of the visuals, um, these people don't have ears. I don't know what's wrong with them. But anyway, so they, they whisper the phrase in, in the ear of the person, and then that phrase is then passed along, all right? So the phrase is passed on via whisper, via whisper, to the end of the group, all right? And so if you've got a, a line of five people, person number one whispers that phrase to the end of person number two, and three, and four, and five, and it's passed on, and on, and on, and on, and all of that fun stuff. And at the end, when we get to the end, you pass the phrase on, even if you aren't sure what you heard, or if you don't think the phrase is correct, and all that fun stuff, and you're thinking, is that what this person told me? I thought I heard banana, bandana, band Anna, and you're, it just continues to go, and go, and go, and you guys, you've played this growing up, right? You know this game, okay? So it's passed on, and eventually, when you get to the end, the last person announces the phrase they were told to the room, and it's compared to the original phrase, and chances are, it's probably not a lot like the original phrase, and then we all laugh at that guy as he says, bandana, all right? So, uh, we're going we're gonna to mix up a few things here. I'm going to come around and whisper the phrase to some people, and we want that phrase to just be, be passed around and, and kind of zigzag through rows here. We're going to put some music on. We won't make this awkward. If you're not being told the phrase in that moment, why don't you go ahead and meet someone next to you? We've got a lot of new people here today. We want people to feel welcome. We want them to know that we're glad they're here. But I'm going to come up and whisper the phrase, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to snake its way to the back, and I don't know how far it'll get. We might cut you off, but eventually, wherever the phrase is, we're going to come and, and follow that person and say, all right, what's the phrase? Tell us what you heard, and we're going to find out how the game of telephone works. So I'm going to ask you guys to, uh, to turn my mic off, or this could work terribly bad when I'm whispering if everyone hears the phrase. But go ahead, put some music on, meet someone next to you, and we'll start playing the game of telephone.
right? Okay, well, I don't know how far the message got. There are probably some people. If you have the message right now, go ahead and, and throw your hand up for me. Who, who feels like they, they, they were the last person? All right. Okay, go ahead and, and make your way up here. I don't want to embarrass people. Or I can come out to you, whatever, whatever we want. We just want to see what the message is, how far it got, what we've got here. Let's hear it for these brave souls. Anyone that's ever played this game knows that you're basically being set up because it's impossible to do this game well. So no one's going to laugh at you too much. But let's go ahead and, and get a, maybe a taste of what the, what the message is. What is, the, what is the message that you got? Uh, Whoops. Are we on here? We're on. Jenna, we on? Is mic on? Maybe? The green light's on. We should be good to go. Okay. Yesterday was a big day at Movement Church. Uh, Ashley Weber and Josh Howard got engaged. Um, the Bucks won, and Jano became the king of India. Yeah. So, sound man Jano, now king of India. All right. And what, what was the, the message that you got? Somebody got a bandana, and somebody got engaged, and it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Okay, all right. Thank you, guys. Thank you for the effort. Uh, here, is, here is the real phrase. It was, it was similar to that. It is true that yesterday was a big day for Movement Church. Josh Howard and Ashley Weber did get engaged, so let's hear it for them. That's exciting. Uh, the phrase, this is like a sickness in our church. It's like every two weeks someone's getting engaged now. But the phrase went on to say, Ohio State defeated Rutgers. Ryan Janosko was knighted by the Queen of England. And Cody McManaway got a new set of rollerblades. So similar... Not quite the same. The lesson that, uh, that we can learn that our words, our words have power, our words travel, our words can change, and our words can, can morph and take on a life of their own, right? Luckily, we didn't say anything terrible about someone or, or dash their character, but, but let's, let's talk about our topic. Let's meet our topic for this morning. I have no respect for justice. I maim without killing. I break hearts and ruin lives. I'm cruel and malicious and gather strength with age. The more I am quoted, the more I am believed. I flourish at every level of society. My victims are helpless. They cannot protect themselves against me because I have no name and no face. To track me down is impossible. The harder you try, the more elusive I become. I'm nobody's friend. Once I tarnish a reputation, it's never the same. I topple governments and ruin marriages. I destroy careers and cause heartache and sleepless nights. I wreck churches and separate Christians. I spawn suspicion and generate grief, make innocent people cry on their pillows, and even my name hisses. I am gossip. Our words travel, our words have power, our words morph, and gossip does the same thing. Gossip has power, gossip can travel, gossip can morph, and gossip can take on a life of its own. So what is gossip? we know that we're not supposed to like that word. Well, here is our big idea for this morning and how we would define gossip. Gossip is talking to anyone other than the person who can fix the problem. Gossip is talking to anyone but the person who can fix the problem. And so often we say things that we shouldn't, we talk about or against people. And as, as people who go to church, as, as people, many of us who have given our lives to Jesus, who are Christ followers, who are Christians, we know that shouldn't have a role in our lives, and yet it still does. And so if we want to glorify God with our lives, the things that we say, the things that we do, we have to be careful what we say, how we say it, when we say it, and, and who we say it to. 
I mentioned that we're jumping into to week three of the blacklist, and this series is all about talking about things that often the church ignores. The, the blacklist is themed off the fact that it's kind of like Christians and pastors and churches got together and said, this is awkward, this is awkward, this topic's awkward, this will make people blush, everyone's guilty of this, so let's not talk about those things. Let's not ever mention those things, let's just pretend that they don't exist. And so our goal is not just to make people blush or, or feel awkward, but we want to address some of the things in this series that often don't get talked about because Maybe they're they're a little too close to home. And so today we want to look at another topic, another thing that's awkward and see what the Bible has to say about it. And that topic is is gossip. And there's no better place to look than in God's Word. We feel like it's our instruction manual for life. And so uh, if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to turn to a passage that we want to look at today. If you don't have a Bible, there's probably one on the chair in front of you or behind you or under your chair. But there's a copy there close by. If you do not have a copy of the Bible, a copy of God's Word, uh, we want to invite you to take this Bible home with you today. We'd love for you to have this as our gift to you just to to read and and see what God has for your life. But we're going to turn to uh, Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, verses 28 to 32. If you've got one of the Bibles that looks like it's got a swamp on the front there, it is on page 866. And so you can turn there. Romans chapter 1, verses 28 to 32. And this will just give us a little background on the state of our hearts, the state of the things we say, and, uh, and gossip in our lives. Romans chapter 1, verses 28 to 32, page 866 on the Swamp Bible. I'll read it, and you can, you can follow along, you can underline that, you can take some notes. This is what God's Word says. It says, When they refused to acknowledge God, talking about us, talking about people, He abandoned them to their evil minds, and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, Sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, fighting, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They were backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They were forever inventing new ways of sinning and are disobedient to their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, and are heartless and unforgiving. They are fully aware of God's death penalty for those who do these things, yet they go right ahead and do them anyway. And worse yet... They encourage others to do them too. So there's a a list there just talking about uh, basically where mankind has gone as we've turned our back on God and as we've looked away from Him and and, and the things that take hold in our lives, the things that become evident in our lives and the things that people see as we pursue ourselves and pursue our own glory. And so there's a list there. And and some of those things probably don't surprise you. you. You see murder happening on the news. You see hate and you see different things. Uh, But we probably didn't expect gossip to be on that list, right? You probably wouldn't write, I think gossip's right next to murder. They're about the same, right? You, you You don't think that. We think of murder as this terrible thing, and yet here it is right next to there. Also, I mentioned uh, not listening to your parents, so just a little sidebar for some of us, all right? But they're, they're all on par as, as the same list, and that's, a, that's an insane thing, and yet it's, it's telling us that gossip originates from the evil in our hearts. Gossip originates from the evil in our hearts. In fact, Luke uh, 6.45, Jesus says, the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. And so when we allow our sin nature to control our hearts, to control our lives, when we allow our sin nature to to take hold of us, evil fills our souls and evil spews out of our mouth and, and is what the world sees from us. The things that are inside our heart and our mind are the things that find their way out. 
Gossip is often the result of, of hatred and, and jealousy and, and bitterness and, and things that have happened in our lives and things that we've stored up and things that we're feeling. And we wound people behind their backs and badmouth them because that's what's in our heart, that's what's in our mind. We find comfort for our hurt and resolution for our anger by venting our hurt and anger and, and spewing that about other people and, and around other people. So gossip originates from the evil in our hearts. Gossip is, is also a product of, of idleness or of, or of not being busy. First Timothy 5.13 tells us that, that when we're idle in our lives, it can lead to gossip. It says, besides, they get into the habit of being idle and going about from house to house to house. And not only do they become idlers, but also gossips and busybodies, saying things that they shouldn't. Busybodies sounds like something your grandma would say, right? I mean, that's kind of what I thought when I heard that. But it's true. How many people have known someone who just doesn't have a hobby or doesn't have something to do? And, and maybe we've all been in that situation. Maybe, maybe you're in college and you know someone that's just always in the dorm, going from room to room to room. And did you hear what happened last night? Or maybe you've got that neighbor that, that always goes and gets the mail really slow so that they can be out there when you're getting the mail and say, guess what I heard? You're not going to believe what I saw last night. Or maybe it's someone that hangs out around the water cooler. Gossip originates from the evil in our hearts, but gossip also is a, is a symptom of, of people who are, are idle and people whose lives lack purpose and lack action. Gossip spreads lies. Ephesians 4.25 says, Therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. And when we gossip, facts are distorted, lies are made up, things are spread that aren't true and it attacks us. We, we, the, this passage says that, that we're a group of people. We're a body. We're supposed to love each other and care for each other. And sometimes that might mean saying something that, that might be offensive, but might be the truth and might need spoken. You might have to say, hey, Mark, you look terrible in that shirt, and you shouldn't wear it anymore. And, and that might make Mark cry, but maybe he needs to know that, all right? Maybe, maybe sometimes you need to say, hey, when, when you're angry like that, it's, it's not the best side of you. And I've seen this in your life recently. And if, if we don't say that, if we talk about that to someone else, if we talk to anyone other than the person who can fix the problem, it's gossip and it's spreading lies and it's spreading hate about someone. And so we know that gossip originates from the evil in our hearts. Gossip is often a product of idleness. Gossip spreads lies. Gossip separates friends. How many of us have ever had a friend say something behind our back to another friend? and separate a relationship or drive a hole in that relationship. Proverbs 16.28 says this, A perverse man stirs up dissension, and a gossip separates close friends. And in a few seconds, gossip can ruin a friendship that took years to build. In a few moments, gossip can drive a wedge between people that's not easily fixed. Not only does gossip ruin friendships, but it, it ruins churches, as we mentioned. Gossip is something that can hurt people like nothing else. And so we've probably all known someone who left a group of friends because of gossip. Many of us probably know someone who left a, a church or a group of people because of gossip. People leave churches when they're wounded by gossip, and churches have split over gossip, started by a single person. Gossip separates friends. So gossip originates from the evil in our hearts. Gossip is a product of, of idleness. Gossip spreads lies. Gossip separates friends. Gossip drives us from God, but we think that, that gossip is just for dramatic girls, right? I mean, it's, it's like something that a, a certain age of high schooler struggles with. I was watching a, a clip from, from Mean Girls this week. We had some technology trouble today. Do we, get, we don't have that clip anymore, guys? There's a, there's a clip in Mean Girls. Yeah, I saw Mean Girls. You've got it. Okay. 
Let's show it then. I didn't know. My computer died. Here we go. Mean Girls. That's what, that's what gossip looks like, right? And so when I think of gossip, I, I think of people like that that are in that life stage, and that's what they're doing, and that's not me, right? Some of us as guys are like, no, I'm a man. That has nothing to do with me. I don't stay at home and talk on the phone. I'm not, I'm not doing that. And yet gossip has a place and a role in each one of our lives, no matter if we're single, no matter if we're married, no matter if we're in school or out of school, if we have kids, if we don't have kids. Gossip is something that, that we often fall victim to. And so I've got a list of, of five kind of characters five ways that we see gossip in our lives, and it's not meant to be a guilt trip, but I think you've probably seen some of these in your life. The first one, gossip number one, is the spy. This is the person who's always listening for rumors and who always seems to know everyone else's business, their ears always to the ground, and the spy's main motivation is power. It might be the thrill of knowing something before everyone else, or it might be the power that comes when threatening others by revealing their secrets, but this person uses information to elevate themselves and destroy others. Maybe some of us are feeling guilty. Maybe some of us are like, yep, I know someone just like that. But gossip is something that's in our lives. That's the spy. You might not be the spy, but you might be the grumbler. The grumbler complains and criticizes. They criticize other people and complain about them behind their backs. They spread all of their secrets. They describe exactly how they feel about them and and then excuse it all by saying, I just needed to vent for someone. Or maybe even, I just need you to pray for them, right? We've all, we've all known that person. Because they're miserable and because miser- misery loves company, they drag other people into grumbling. And their motive is often jealousy or envy. They want, another person, they want what another person has and they grumble because they don't have it for themselves. So maybe you're the spy. Maybe you're the grumbler. Maybe you're the backstabber. The backstabber is a complainer, but they're more than that. They're also angry and malicious, and they're out to destroy others. They may bring out just full-on lies in order to bring down another person, and they might engage in a smear campaign, something that we think is only for politicians, but happens in our lives too. They look for something, anything, anything wrong with their enemies, and they make sure that everyone knows about it. And if they can't find it, they just make something up. The backstabber is often motivated by revenge or some deep offense, some opportunity lost or some hardship gained. Some offense that they perceive to maybe be an offense that led them to being bitter, which has taken root, and it's why they want revenge, why they want to stab people in the back. So maybe you're the spy, maybe you're the grumbler, maybe you're the backstabber, maybe you're the chameleon. The chameleon is the person who uses gossip to fit in with a crowd at work, at school, at church, or even in their own family. They're desperate to blend in and be accepted, and since everyone else gossips, 
they decide that they can gossip too, just to join in a conversation. And so they, they, they respect uh, people who are sharing juicy facts, and so they start sharing juicy facts, anything that they can find about others, and it leads them to, to share information. Their motivation is fear, because they're afraid of people not liking them, not wanting them in their group, and they're afraid of not belonging. They're afraid of what others think, and so they don't want to be excluded, and so at any cost, they'll fit in. They'll be the chameleon of gossip. You might be the spy, the grumbler, the backstabber, the chameleon, or the non-busybody. The final kind of gossip is the non-busybody because that's the person, like we talked about, who is idle and who has nothing better to do than, than cure their boredom by, by learning to talk about people. And so they fill uh, their time off that could be filled with a hobby, with action, with ministry, by loving people, by work, by a lot of things. They fill it with the excitement that comes through gossip and they live vicariously through other people's stories. So maybe, if we're being honest, one of those kind of sounded like us. You might be the spy, the grumbler, the backstabber, the chameleon, or the non-busybody. But our question for this morning is, does gossip have a, a spot in your life? Does gossip have a role in your life? Has gossip snuck into your life and started to put down roots? We like to think that gossip is only for mean girls. We like to think that gossip is only for drama queens or, or people who aren't like us. But most of us have trouble with the things that we share, the things that we say. Gossip is talking to anyone other than the person who can fix the problem. Gossip is talking to anyone other than the person who can fix the problem. And so some of us might feel like, you know what, if I'm being honest, yeah, I've got a real problem with gossip. Or if I'm being honest, I'm fueling gossip in others by letting them tell their stories and by asking them for details. I'm building a a culture of gossip. I'm enabling gossip and gossiping people in my life. And so here's an antidote for gossip. Here's some things that I I just wanted to share with us as a church, things that, that we can work on. Sometimes we just need to overlook an offense, right? We know that someone has talked about us. We know that something has been said. Proverbs 17.9 says, He who covers over an offense promotes love, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Sometimes overlooking uh, uh, something that happened in the past, overlooking an offense, an example of gossip is just the best way that we can squash it and and, and let it die real quick so that it doesn't take root and doesn't separate friendships. We need to be the mature one who cares more about love and about community and about our family. We, we know that gossip is going to happen. We know that it's a result of, of people letting, letting their, their sin nature control their life. And so don't be shocked when it happens. Don't always act like it's the biggest deal in the world. The most mature thing that you may be able to do in that moment is just overlook that and, and let it pass by. You don't have to tell people about how someone else was gossiping about you or guess what, that's gossip, all right? Sometimes we just need to overlook that thing and, and let it kind of roll off our back. Sometimes we need to not listen to people who gossip. Proverbs 20.19 says, A gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid a man who talks too much. Proverbs is really good about making us feel guilty in one sentence, right? I think we all have that friend that we go to for, for details, and we say, Hey, I heard there was a party last night, and so-and-so. Can you tell me about that? We're like waiting for lunch break or that first break of the day or that time when we're both at the copy machine at the same time or when we have a a study session with someone because we want to know what's going on. And some of us like to think, well, I don't do the talking. They do all the talking. They're the extrovert. I just sit there. But if you're letting them share details, if you're asking them for details, if they become your, your person that's kind of your leak to the inside and they give you all the juicy gossip, you're enabling gossip. And if you're listening to gossip, you're fueling it 
and you're a part of it. Maybe we just need to not listen to those people. Sometimes, not just telling those people we don't want to hear it, we need to confront those people. We may need to say, hey, you know what? That terrible thing you're saying right now, that's, that's gossip. And that's going to ruin our friendship. That's going to ruin our workplace. That's going to drive a, a wedge in our, our circle of, of people, in our class, in our company. If you're going to say that, if you have a problem with that person, you need to go to that person and you need to tell them that. You need to figure it out. You need to do that in love. Sometimes we, we need to realize that we just need to confront gossip and call it what it is. Is that awkward? Yeah, yeah, it probably will be awkward. But the other option is, is fueling gossip and is throwing fuel on the fire and saying, yay, gossip, yay, hate, yay, ruining friendships, yay, dishonoring God, this is great. And that's what we're doing when we let gossip happen. And so sometimes we don't just need to stop listening. We need to confront someone and say, what you're doing right now, what you're saying right now is going to hurt that person and it's, it's offensive to me and I, I'm, I'm not trying to, to hurt your feelings or talk down to you, but the best thing for you to do would be to go talk to that person that you're talking about and figure out that problem and fix that problem. Gossip is talking to anyone but the person who can fix the problem. So sometimes as an answer to gossip, we need to overlook an offense. We need to not listen to gossipers. We need to confront gossipers. And sometimes we need to just look in the mirror and realize that, that we're the problem and we're the gossipers. Ephesians 4.29 says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And so if you can honestly say, the things I'm saying are, are not a benefit to anyone, and they're not building anyone up, and they have no value. They're tearing people down, and they're lies, and they're things I shouldn't be saying. They're gossip. If you can, if you can think that, or realize that, or come to that realization, you need to just sometimes keep your own mouth shut. And I need to keep my own mouth shut. And we need to keep our own mouth shut. We need to watch what our tongues are saying, and what the problem is, and how we're spreading gossip. We often think that, that we can fix problems or we can somehow take matters into our own hands and, and we're the ones who are going to say this and say that and, and save the day. And we use our energy to talk and, and to gossip and, and talk to people who don't need to know something and people who can't fix problems. I love this definition that gossip is talking to anyone but the person who can fix the problem because it sounds very churchy to say, but I think we all know someone who can fix just about any problem. His name's God, and he's given us the avenue of prayer to talk to him. And so sometimes we've got all this energy, we've got all this anger, we've got all this nervousness, and we just want to tell someone, and we want to fix something, and we've got to report this to the world or try to take it into our own hands. We need to take that energy and talk to God and take those things to God and say, God, I don't know what to do with this. I feel like I want to share this. I feel like I need to do something with this. We can take it to him because we know that he fixes problems. And as we talk to him, chances are he's going to lead you to say, all right, there's a, there's a human, there's a person that, that also needs to know that. Maybe they need confronted. Maybe they just need to know what people are saying about them. Maybe they're struggling with something, and someone needs to just lovingly walk beside them and, and tell them about that. But there's two people who can fix problems. One of them is God, and the other is the person on earth that he'll lead us to talk to. So why is this a big deal? Why is gossip a big deal? Why is it worth devoting a whole Sunday to and, and talking about and, and referencing and, and bringing up? James 3 says this. James chapter 3 says this. We can make a large horse turn around and go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a tiny rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot wants it to go, even though the winds are strong. So also the tongue is a small thing, but what enormous damage it can do. A tiny spark can set a great forest on fire, and the tongue is a flame of fire. 
It's full of wickedness that can ruin people in their lives. It can turn the entire course of your life into a blazing flame of destruction. For it's set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals and birds and reptiles and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is an uncontrollable evil full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it breaks out into curses and against those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Can you pick olives from a fig tree or figs from a grapevine? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty pool. Where our thoughts go, where our heart goes, where we let our mouth go, steers our life and steers our our actions, steers our body and steers who we are as a person. And so for those of you who have ever ridden a horse, you know that it's very simple to steer, steer that thing. Wherever the mouth, wherever the head, wherever the eyes are pointed is where the horse is going to go. And wherever our speech, wherever our gossip, wherever our words are headed, that's where our life and our ministry and our effectiveness and our lives are going. So this is a big deal because our speech, our words, our gossip, they affect how we're living for Christ. They affect how we're glorifying God and they affect who we are. It's something that, that we want to have a, a hold of. It's something that we want to be conscious of and something that we want to attack so that we can know that we're headed in the right direction, so that we can know we're following Christ and we can know that our lives aren't being steered by what's in our hearts or our lives aren't being steered by the craziness and the sin that's taken hold of our lives. So what does it look like if we know that we've struggled with gossip, if we know that we've struggled with these things? Well, sometimes we, we just have to be honest. We have to acknowledge, you know what, that has been a problem in my life, and that is a, a place that I've dropped the ball and where I've, I've been inadequate, and I, it's, it's something that, that's taken hold of my life. And sometimes we need to just say, God, I need your help in this. I need your help to have the, the, the wisdom to, to control my tongue. I need your help to have the wisdom to, to just shut my mouth sometimes. I need wisdom to know how to, how to nicely and delicately say, hey, I'd rather you not tell me that right now. That's gossip to a friend. And sometimes we just need to give God control of our lives and say, Lord, I need you to control my actions. I need you to control my speech. I need you to control my thoughts and the things that I'm struggling with. In the same way that, that we can realize that we have a problem with gossip and we can give God control, we can do that with our whole lives. That's not just something that's reserved for gossip. Some of us have realized that gossip is not the only problem, but we've, we've got other ways that we mess up and we fall short and things in our lives that, that we just realize that, that we continue to do wrong. That's, that's not a shock and that's not a surprise and that's not something that, that you should feel like you're any different from anyone in the room. We all have sin in our lives. We all have ways that we've fallen short of a perfect God. We were made in His image, but because of sin being in the world, because of gossip being in the world, because of lies being in the world, because of sexual immorality and all kinds of things that you've heard about today, we fall short of God's standard. But God didn't want us to, to stay in that spot, and so he sent his perfect son, Jesus, to live in this world. And so when Jesus was accused of, of doing wrong and was, was, uh, was sentenced to death on a cross, he, he went to the cross, not because he had messed up, but because he knew that, that we had things in our lives that the penalty was death. The penalty of our sins was death. And so by dying on the cross, by taking our sin onto himself and dying on the cross and then being raised from the dead three days later, 
He defeated death and he defeated sin and he defeated the things that we've got in our lives that are wrong, including gossip and any other thing that we could ever let label us or name us or anything that we've ever felt bad about. And the Bible says that by confessing with our mouth that we believe that Jesus is the Son of God and we believe that Jesus was raised from the dead and we believe that Jesus is able to take our sins away. By confessing with our mouth and believing with our heart, we enter into a relationship with Jesus and Jesus is our link to God the Father. And in God the Father, we find belonging, we find love, we find wisdom, we find hope, we find purpose, and we're made complete and we're made whole. And that's the gospel. Maybe you've heard of the gospel. Maybe you've heard that Jesus came to save you. Jesus came to love you. Jesus came to give you purpose. All of those things are true. It's the free gift of salvation. And some of you have been looking for purpose and looking for belonging and looking for something in your life that would, that would make your life feel different and make your life matter. Sometimes we just need to recognize who Jesus is and say, Lord, I want that free gift. I want to recognize who you are. I want you to come into my heart and change my life. I want to give you the steering wheel in my life. I want you to dictate where I go and what I do. I want you to change gossip. I want you to change everything about my life, from my relationships to my work ethic to everything about me. And so we want to, to offer you that opportunity this morning. So I'm going to ask everyone in here to, uh, to bow their head and, and close their eyes, and we just want to, uh, to pray and talk to God. And if for the first time you've realized that you can give control of your life to Jesus, that you can give your life to Jesus, that you can acknowledge that you're not perfect, that you don't have everything figured out, but that's okay, because he does. If you want to just say to to Jesus this morning, Lord, I give my life to you, I give my heart to you, I want you to come into my life and change me, make me whole, I want to know God and and be with God for eternity in heaven. If, If that's a decision that you want to make, I want to invite you to just put your hand up to raise your hand. I would love personally to, to talk to you more about that decision. I would love to talk to you about what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Put your hands down. That relationship that we offered is ours because of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. It's ours because he gave his life so that we could have life. And that's the reason we gather together as a church. That's the reason that we sing. It's the reason that we celebrate. And it's the reason that we're here today. We're not perfect people. We often get distracted. We look off course. But Jesus came to to save us and change us. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the chance to be here in your presence today and celebrate amongst your people, amongst your church. God, I thank you for the people who gave their lives to Jesus today, Lord. I thank you that that that's why we exist as a church and we can celebrate, Lord, that there's a party in heaven because someone gave their life to Jesus today. Lord, as we sing to you, as we respond to your goodness, Lord, just bless our time. Lord, we pray that, that we'll be a church that's marked because we don't gossip, because we don't talk, because we don't spread lies. God, I pray that we'll be a church that stands out in our community and makes an impact because of the way we act. Lord, it's in your name I pray. Amen.